0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
1: Before we begin the MWA podcast. I'd like to do a little uh, shout out to the Texas Woodworking Festival. That's being held April 6, 2019 in Austin, Texas. Both Deami and I will be there. And for more information, please visit texaswoodworkingfestival.com. There'll be a number of great local Texas area makers, as well as uh, exhibitors there. Um, Those include uh, folks like Philip Morley, uh, Leslie Webb and uh, exhibitors like uh, Texas Heritage Woodworks, Lee Nielsen, and Dowd Toolworks, probably the uh, premier vintage uh, supplier of tools in the uh, Texas area. So, for um, like I said, for more information, please visit. Uh, TexasWoodworkingFestival.com. Tickets are only $15 and that ensures you a access to uh, all the activities as well as a raffle ticket and an open bar. Again, TexasWoodworkingFestival.com. Look forward to seeing you there. Hi and welcome to the 235th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association. I'm Kyle Barton of Waterfront Windsor's, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop. And tonight, we're asking JT of DFM Toolworks the five questions. So, first of all, and uh, this is our first question usually is, how did you get into woodworking? But I want to say, how did you get into woodworking tool manufacturing? (laughs) Sure, sure. So... uh I won't start back when I was a
2: kid. But yeah. No, you,
0: you can. You can. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but what I would say is, um, yeah, I, I was uh, trained as a mechanical engineer in college, and um, I, I've done automotive manufacturing, uh, defense contracting, and um, here more recently I'm a, a consultant for manufacturers who are looking to improve the technologies within their uh, four walls uh, to make things better better, faster, and uh, cheaper. Um, And so uh, I got into e-commerce almost two years ago with a wooden grill scraper, and uh, I had a lot of woodworkers commenting on it on Instagram and uh, decided to get into card scrapers uh, from the same keyword. and, uh, And now it's turned into Niner eight or nine different tools now. So, um, you know, I, um, certainly enjoy making the tools Mm -hmm. and, uh, learning from everyone, you know, not only on this podcast, but in the, you know, in social media about what they want to see that's maybe different or, uh, or something that's just, you know, meeting unmet needs within the market. So, um, so yeah. And, um,
1: yeah. I like there,
2: making stuff.
1: So yeah. there, there's one tool out there that no one's really been able to make, and it's called a spar gauge. And uh, yeah, S P A R gauge. <laughs> and
0: what? What? Oh, please describe a spar gauge for us. What okay,
1: is it, it was done in the uh, shipwrights, and they would use this gauge on like um, on either straight straight spars you know, like ship's mass or, um, tapered mass. And it's kind of like a center finder, but it has these two offset things where you can use those and, uh, you can make uh, mark out a perfectly, uh, based on, you know, a four square stock, you can mark off perfectly eight square stock. So it's a kind of a cheat. So if you're going to do something, if you're going to take a square stock and make it octagonal, um, this is a real easy simple way to mark that out hmm. interesting so, it seems like something that your
0: uh, your angle square might closely be able to do
1: yeah yeah there, there's there's a certain relationship there's like two pins that actually mark uh, mm-hmm. the op- tagging all sides out and there's a certain relationship they have. But yeah, if you do a search on spar gauge, there's some interesting, yeah. things. I've talked uh, to a couple of folks that have made tools and I think their biggest thing is, you know, um, in making these things is if you're using like pencils and stuff, it's kind of hard to um, get the spacing exactly right or be able to have the pencil ride against the stock exactly right. But anyway, <laughs> Just, i'll throw that out because you know in the chair making world there's a lot of uh, people that use eight-sided uh, uh legs and stretchers and things so
2: <laughs> that is a uh, definitely an interesting sounding tool yeah um, there's
0: there's a lot of imagery about these things so i was
2: yeah. thinking you know spars on a ship aren't necessarily octagonal but
1: yeah and i I think they use that to mark it out maybe they're going to round it off so before they round it off they they make it you know square stock and then octagonal and then they round it off so it's it's an intermediate tool but
0: if your aim is octagonal it'd be a really good tool yeah Mm. there you go yeah Mm. well there you go so uh we'll move right on to the next question what is your favorite tool well, for
2: my own personal use, I actually enjoy using a, a combo square. Sure, um, I find it very uh, versatile for doing depths, repeatable measurements, and um, obviously finding square. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't usually use the forty-five degree piece very often, but I know it's always there waiting for me.
0: From um, your from your machinist background, is is it are Are the Irwin things in the store precise enough for you, or are you talking like Starrett combination squares?
2: Well, I can tell you that all those card scrapers were originally laid out with a—I believe the brand is Johnston or Johnson.
1: Sure, it's like oh yeah, from um, Austria. mm, I doubt that, but but it's
2: (laughs) it's definitely Irwin uh, type manufacturing okay. so
0: available in the big box store kind of stuff
2: yeah and it's um you know it's not laser etched or anything it's it's uh embossed from a stamping process right. which means it's actually pretty repeatable um believe it or not stamping can be extremely repeatable um but well,
1: it may you know, be johnson if you got it, it yeah because uh, big box stores says they do Think Lowe sells Johnson products.
2: Yeah, they might. You know, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll research it and uh, you know maybe we can add it to the show notes. But I I wouldn't necessarily recommend that as the go to uh, combo. <laughs> <story>. <laughs>
0: no.
2: I actually really want a antique starrett
0: or mm-hmm. starrett or
2: however They're people right want to
0: right right.
2: um, <laughs> And I would quite honestly use it. Um, not put it in a case or something, but. Um,
1: so you prefer the antique to new? Well, because um, I've heard that argument before that, hey, the new is not as good as the antique or the, you know, let's say manufactured 25 years ago versus today.
2: Well, I can tell you that um, there is something to be said about tool makers uh, from a certain time period where they had a lot of pride in what they were making and they sometimes would make things more accurate than was cost effective, Mm -hmm. but there was no way to measure that. Whereas now there's like lots of accountants and stuff. So, you know, it's a little more clear if you're making money on that $80, uh, $80 square. So, Mm -hmm. um, but last thing I'll say about that is quality control can be automated now to the degree that um, I would argue that depending on what they want to spend, the squares should be better today than they were back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, there's no proof. I think it's all anecdotal, but yeah, um, I have no doubt. You know, I'm using a, gr- a surface grinder from World War II. Mm. And the thing is dead accurate even now yeah and it has not been maintained well so (laughs) Uh, uh, i am fixing probably 20 years worth of uh abuse right now um and that's just cleanliness but the thing is dead flat so um so yeah that's why i want an old one actually it's more of the history i think
1: than the accuracy sure yeah that makes sense so, um, who has uh, influenced you the most in your tool making? Who? Okay. Um, who or what? We will we'll go both.
2: You know. I, so, in terms of who, um, I would say all the the wonderful people that reach out to me through Instagram stories mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So, for example. During one of my own stories, I might say, well, you know, here's what I'm working on and somebody will jump out and say, Hey, did you think about this? Did you think about that? And, you know, because, um, I am not the applications expert. Um, I know what I know about woodworking and, uh, I'd say it's fairly limited, meaning mm-hmm. I had shop class in high school. Thank goodness. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough for that. There you go. And, uh, and what I would say is, um, as an engineer, I can you know I can think of things that are pretty straightforward in terms of okay, the tool is supposed to do this, um, you know, like measure ninety degrees or keep things flat or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But what I would say is, um, like I said, everyone through Instagram stories um, have certainly been helpful. So I wouldn't point to one who, and, and if that's what you want, I would I would feel bad. Um, Not the, mentioning probably fifty people, right?
0: Yeah. A group is as good as any. That's a, that's a perfectly reasonable answer.
2: Yeah, and so um, so like I said, I think the woodworking community has been uh, super helpful in um, the development of, of some of my tools.
0: Yeah, that, that's actually really cool that you can get that because you know, like you said you, you, earlier, you, you're you're looking for what can be. You know what's available, what can be made right. better, what what's what's out there, and without that feedback, you you're you might be struggling because you know there's there's no other direct you know speaking you know going on that's, that's saying oh that that doesn't work for this or this might not fit here or whatever you know like totally understandable that is a huge resource.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, we're out there, you know. Whether it be hobbyists or professional woodworkers, we're out there, you know, trying to uh, do our thing, and uh, sometimes we come up with some things that hey, can someone make this better? Mm-hmm. Can someone, you know, create a tool that I can mark out an eight-sided leg real easily? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. No, I, and I love I love seeing that. I mean, yeah.
0: Andy Andy Klein's another guy who's out there innovating. He, yeah. you know, I think, he's got a similar mindset of. Mm-hmm. what's out there and what can I do in a better way and and his some of his ideas are absolutely fantastic and they're br- groundbreaking at the same time but mm-hmm. I know he re- in the same way relies on a bunch of feedback he puts it out there pretty publicly as he's developing it and says like hey what what are what can we do with this what you know he I mean it's, uh, at times he asks directly like would this work like, I'm finding this, but does that mean the same for you? You know, and that's, yeah. that's a, uh, hey, social media. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, uh, next question uh, What was your biggest stumbling block now that we've talked about all this development and things?
2: Uh, do you want the was or is? <laughs>
0: um, oh, yeah. You know what? I guess your current stumbling block would be a good one.
2: Uh, so, I'd say a recurring thing that, that was and is for me is uh, staying focused. So uh, I am self-employed. I've been self-employed since 2016. And, uh, you know, for me juggling uh, being a consultant and being a toolmaker, uh, they don't always line up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and... Uh, And also, uh, just in terms of the tools themselves, um, there's so many different shiny objects out there. You know, I would love to launch 10 tools um, within a month, but unfortunately, I need to just launch one at a time. So, yeah, um,
1: and a a tool that has a wide ranging um, popularity among woodworkers, something that that you're going to have a large audience for.
2: Yeah, exactly right. And uh, what some people may not recognize is that, um, you know, while Instagram and and Facebook and other social media can be a great uh, uh, bellwether, if you will, for what would sell well and what wouldn't, um, Amazon is still what sustains my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are thousands of people who don't know who I am, uh, but they still buy my tools because I have good reviews. So meaning they don't care who DFM Toolworks is, they just want a good card scraper, or they just want a good burnisher, or, um, or a good marking knife, or, you know, whatever, it, whatever tool it may be. So, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of stumbling blocks, I would say staying focused. Um, a great example of that would be, I got excited about a brass hammer that uh, I thought I was going to sell, say, 20. Mm -hmm. And I sold six. So, you know, that was a good three to four weeks that, at the time, I thought was wasted. But, you know, it still taught me a valuable lesson, which was follow the data. Brass hammers are not a popular thing. um, But I wanted to make it. So, um, and I've talked to a lot of other makers um, here recently about Mm -hmm. Uh, content that you want to create versus content that actually will help your following, or in my case, content or tools that I want to make versus tools that will actually pay my bills.
1: Right. Exactly. And and, with with that said, I've I've promoted the spar gauge, but you'll sell one of those and that'll be to me. (laughs) (laughs) You and, uh,
2: some guy who wants to build a boat and doesn't realize what he's buying. Right,
1: right. But anyway.
2: So, yeah, so, that's the biggest stumbling block.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I, and yeah, with all of us is, is staying focused. And I, I'm the biggest one about looking at shiny objects when it comes to uh, finishes, as uh, most people will say. I'll try any new finish that comes along if it promises me, you know, all the great stuff, you know. Durability, ease of application, I'll give it a shot. But with that said, um, how has the Internet influenced your work? I think we've kind of broached that topic in our conversations, but is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. um, You know, I would say that
2: um, in terms of the overall influence, um, I I can't – properly describe how um how helpful it's been to <clears throat> try to start this kind of business in such a supportive community. So um uh I, I feel like I have a little bit of leeway to make some mistakes and and share those mistakes certainly in my stories and not uh worry about some sort of retribution. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that that would probably be the one. Only other thing is um, that. And when I went to Workbench Con, um, it's just further uh, affirmation that most woodworkers are probably some of the nicest people uh, <laughs> in the United States, uh, and they aren't all, you know, uh, represented by a bunch of white guys. Um, it's it's definitely becoming a little bit more uh, diverse and. Um, And that excites me. Certainly, having a young daughter and uh, Mm -hmm. living in the city. Um, So anyway, like I said, I think the, uh, I think. Oh no, it's Instagram. But you know, it's it's just the woodworking community, um, whether it's in person or online. But you you asked about online, so.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're exactly right. The woodworking community is. I mean. I can't believe how diverse it's become in the last five years or so. Um, and, yeah, it's not a bunch of old white guys anymore as it used to be. Um, I remember, Sean, you remember these, uh, going to <laughs> some of our ev- events like Woodworking in America and then had these topics about, hey, this is going to be a dying hobby and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's aging out. Oh,
2: yeah. And
1: now it seems like the woodworking community is actually skewing younger than it ha- than ever you know
0: and and that's amazing and i it's probably in the last five to seven years that that's that's happened and that's when that's uh, yeah legitimately we've sat in these seminars and it's it's been like how to save the dying you know idea of the home woodworker and yeah and this the maker community has boosted that incredibly
1: yeah. And there's and I, so I think, much knowledge
0: out there now. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, you know, everyone gives the uh, millennial generation a hard time. I'm a Gen Xer myself. And, of course, you know, I will give them a hard time, too. But actually, the millennials have been some of the most uh, uh, starting um, makers, I would say. The people that really want to get in there and do these things themselves. So it's really great. Yeah. Let's, yeah. yeah. So with that said, uh, let's wrap it up for this episode. But uh, before we do that, um, J2, where can people find you on the Internet?
2: Well, I'm certainly most active on Instagram uh, at DFM Toolworks. So that's D as in dog, F as in Frank, M as in Mary, Toolworks. And then um, my website is also DFMToolworks.com. So that's, that's the two places. Or Amazon, I guess, would be a third place. But uh, <laughs> there you go. some exactly. people find a hard time finding me on the Amazon, which I still find interesting. But um, yeah, you said just
1: they... search for DFM Toolworks, right?
2: If you search that, you will definitely find me. So I, like I said, I get a little confused sometimes. But um,
1: yeah,
2: you know, I think sometimes even I'm dyslexic. So for all yeah. I know, they typed it in backwards yeah. and.
1: I remember the only time, and that, this might have been corrected by now, but when I got got my uh, scraper from you, uh, when I went on Amazon, I couldn't find the right thickness that I wanted. I didn't want the real thick one. I didn't want the real thin one. I wanted the medium one. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me a couple of searches to actually locate that. But I think um, if memory serves me right, I did a, a search uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this podcast and i had been corrected so that you could, you know, you're on the side and you can select which thickness and size scraper you wanted.
2: Yep. And um, just so you understand too, that sometimes things are out of stock. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for example, I had somebody direct message me yesterday asking where the 42 mil thickness was. And I said, well, sorry, I let it run out. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Whoops. Not on purpose, but you know, I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates here. and Yeah. Uh,
1: so, so Amazon doesn't, uh, so they just, if you run out of something, they just take that link out. They don't just say it's out of stock.
2: Yeah. It, they ghost it over, certainly, okay. for the card scraper.
1: hmm
2: So um, that card scraper listing has what's called a variation. Um, so you can pick different variations of the same thing. And so it'll just ghost out. Okay. Meaning you
1: can't select yeah. it. So, understood. Uh, understood.
2: But yeah, so that's how everyone can
1: find me. Uh, three okay. different places. Um, okay, Sean, where where can folks find you?
0: As usual, you can find me at uh, Sean W seventy eight on most social medias, or or actually a full name on Facebook if they don't use the at
1: tag stuff there. How about you, Kyle? Uh, You can always find me on Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. (laughs) And with that said, that just wraps it up for the show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play Music or just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association on your favorite podcatcher. And then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. So thank you for listening
0: to the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. If you like the show, please sh- be sure to visit ModernWoodworkersAssociation.com. You can follow the MWA on Twitter at um, MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast or like the MWA on Facebook. Uh, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.